Hello, I think I am live on Facebook. This is super exciting. Uh, welcome to the Event Hustlers. This is a new Facebook Live video series that I'm doing. Uh, this is something totally new. So <laughs> I'm just gonna you know, start by welcoming you, first of all, and giving you a quick little overview of what I hope to do with this Facebook series. The Event Hustlers is a Facebook group that I started a few months ago, and we like to feature all of the amazing people who make up the events industry. As many of you know, through Liz King events, I plan all kinds of corporate events, mostly working with conferences and things like that, um, as well as some event marketing and other things. But for a long time, for many years, I've also been very interested in highlighting and, and educating my fellow event planners. So I've had the Taxi Talk brand, we did the Taxi Talk live conferences for quite a while, and I really wanted to start a new Facebook Live series that would allow me to interview different people from the events industry and just basically get um, their perspectives, learn about their careers, and learn about their expertise because one thing I've learned is that people in the events industry have so many different things that they know, most of which I don't know myself. And so I'm very excited to learn from them as much as I am excited to have them uh, learn from anything that I might be able to help them with. So this is a new video series we're doing. Um, I just kind of decided I was gonna do this. I put it together, <laughs> I made the little image. For those of you who may think that every time I launch something new, it's like, it's you know great or whatever you might think that's very flattering. The truth is, it's none of those things. It's usually just me deciding one day I'm gonna do this. And I was just sharing with the Ignite groups yesterday and today, that that is literally what this event hustler video series how it came about i decided i've been thinking about doing it for a long time and then last week i decided if i don't just put these in the calendar and go live i am never ever going to actually do this and so this is my attempt at starting this um, i'm using a platform called Streamyard, which allows me to bring in other people and i can interview them through this but you're seeing it on facebook live and hopefully you're seeing it so if you are seeing it please check in in the comments I see Byron is watching. Um, hi, Byron. <laughs> we also have a guest who's gonna be joining us, I think, today. I know she's around, but we may have some technical issues with getting her on here. So if you are here, please check in in the comments, let me know that you're watching. And I'd also love to learn a little bit about who you are and any questions, of course, that you have. I would love to see those as well. Um, this platform and kind of the way that I've been doing things is what I've been learning about is the minimum viable product. So essentially something very simple. I have a concept and instead of spending decades, which is really how I do things, I spend so much time thinking about it and planning it and thinking of all the worst case scenarios and thinking of all the best case scenarios and hiring designers and hiring producers and all this stuff to make everything look great. But what I've realized by watching Lean Startup is that's probably the worst possible thing to do. Sometimes it's just important to get out there. So that's what I'm doing. And I see Christina has joined us, so I'm gonna bring her in in just one second. I also wanna say hi to Maria Zavala, who's watching. Very nice to see you. Let me bring in Christina. Hi, how are you? Hi, good, how are you? Good, so sorry for the technical difficulties. No, listen, computers don't always listen, so it's all good. <laughs> this is what happens when I, honestly threw it together and like last week, I was like, we're doing this, let's do it. Um, but the best part is we are getting to talk to each other and that was the whole point, so it doesn't matter. Yep. 
Um, so I know you, I love you. Uh, you and I have been working together in the Ignite program. We work together on a few events and things, but why don't you just take a second and introduce yourself to the people who are watching the stream? Sure. Um, so my name is Christina Renee. Um, currently, I'm owner of Voila Event Solutions um, and lover of all things creative and super fun, which is why I think Liz and I get along so well. Um, I am an adjunct professor at NYU currently um, and also consulting for um, a few different event production clients. Um, I would probably say that my background is one that's um, super unusual. I, I didn't necessarily kind of choose this route very early on. I was supposed to be a lawyer. My parents kind of will still tell you that story um, and kind of fell into events because I think I was just attracted at the time to just this career that really did allow you to be creative in multiple different forms. I kind of sometimes describe the events industry as like kind of like being a doctor in the sense that you can be a pediatrician or a gynecologist. So events I kind of found was kind of similar to that, where you could sort of be in a general sense of the events industry, but really sort of hone in on the thing that you really enjoy and are good at and can get paid for, which is nice too. That's always nice. I think everyone fell into the events industry, isn't that? Right. <laughs> I don't think so. There are some people, I mean, obviously you and I both teach at NYU, so we know that there are some people who this is what they set out to do. Yeah, but I, I also think that that's the case because universities are starting to see that there's a rise in this industry and more and more careers, I think, and opportunities are opening up. And so it would be almost smart for universities to really be able to offer some sort of continuing education or um, now in NYU's case, an actual master's of science in event management, which is kind of cool which we didn't have when we were in school. No, and actually NYU also has, not that this is an NYU promotion. <laughs> They're gonna love us. Um, NYU also has a um, high school program that I teach in the summer that's five days for people who are in high school about to go to college and it's kind of a defining, it helps them choose what college they wanna go to while that's exploring cool. the school. Yeah, like, cool. like a genius concept. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow we ended up here anyway, right? And we only had those resources um, back when we were in school. So exactly, I've been a lawyer, guys. I've been <laughs> you may end up still. Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, for anyone who's watching, I mentioned in the beginning that this is a totally new series, and one of the things that I wanted to do with it was keep it super casual. So putting it out there that Christina has no idea what questions I might ask her. And she knows the general I love that part. I personally love that part. Yeah, this could go anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I love it. Live interview. That's what live is all about. Yes. So I know that one of the things, one of the many things that you do that is very unique is that you have a really special eye for sales and marketing, which I think is something that most event businesses don't even want to think about yeah well because i think people go into events really because they have a passion for whatever it is that they're doing within the industry whether it's you know lighting innovation audiovisual, floral i mean and again that's what i mean by it's not just event planners there are people who have made a pretty successful living being in the events industry running their business and most of them kind of went into it feeling like they had a skill set they had a talent that they wanted to monetize um, whether it was event designer or wherever they ended up. And so it doesn't always mean that you check off the box of business owner. Um, and that does require business acumen, whether you get that from school and you have an actual business degree, which a lot of us don't, most of us don't. Um, and you're kind of like baptism by fire and learning a lot of it like on on the on the market, on on the day. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you, is this just like a innate skill that you're really good at or? So, I, listen, there are things that I truly enjoy doing that most people can't stand. Like I, I enjoy 
problem solving, like the more complex, the better. Um, and so I think in the events industry, especially if you're on the logistics production operation side, um, that makes it, you know, fun for you, but not fun. Some, sometimes I do want to pull my hair out. Um, but sometimes it's just the, the, the mere challenge of this complex issue at an event or with your business. It kind of forces you to kind of learn certain skill sets. And as I got more on the business end of things, owning my own businesses, I started to really like the sort of strategy planning portion of just business. Um, and so I had to I, I had to teach myself whether it was paying to take, you know, workshops or courses, you know, joining Ignite and, and learning from people like you, getting a mentor um, and learning sort of the skill sets that I think are super pivotal. And again, you don't want your business to just be a freelance gig. And, and maybe you do. And maybe that's OK. But if at some point you want to put your feet up. Um, and you don't want to be in a 14 to 22 hour production day and you don't want to do that forever. You know, it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to say goodbye to the events industry as a whole. So having a plan, having a strategy is always helpful. Yeah. So tell me about your business and how it's developed over the years. Just sure. I mean, I know a lot of it for all of us is just flying by the seat of your pants. <laughs> yeah. And that 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 what I realize is that never really ends in the sense that you always are trying to problem solve quickly. And so through that, you sort of always have this, you know, constant feel that you're like, oh, I'm learning something new every day. That doesn't end. That part mm -hmm. doesn't stop. Yeah. Uh, so how have you gotten to where you are now in your business? Sure. So I would, voila happened accidentally in the sense that I was working and just felt that I was really giving 120% to someone else's dream. And it just didn't feel like it was my own. Um, and when I left the corporate world, I didn't have a game plan. I didn't have another job set up. I didn't have a plan B. And I kind of wanted to take the time to figure things out. And so through just freelancing and calling up my clients to say that I was a free agent, if anyone needed a freelancer, um, I started to you know, book a lot of operations business and event production business. And eventually it just felt unprofessional to have people keep writing a check to Christina Renee. So I decided to, you know, do it the proper way, get an LLC and, you know, come up with a website, business name, et cetera. And once that happened, I then realized I don't want to do this forever. I don't want to have to work the 22 day hour days in event production when at some point I'm going to want to grow a family. Like that's a, a realistic, you know, weighing of the options that one has mm -hmm. to do. And so, I started to think about my company as a company and less as just an excuse for someone to have a company name to write a check to. Um, and so from there, I started to kind of look at other businesses in the events industry that kind of started the same way. People who just had a talent eventually started a, a business and then they had been in business for years, some for decades. Um, and so in speaking to a lot of them, I realized that there, there was a lot of help that they were bringing in experts and consultants within their business to fill in holes that they specifically had identified they could not fill themselves and i think that was a huge just kind of eye-opener in the very beginning of like oh i don't have to sort of think about this in a mom and pop way yes it's boutique and it's a small company but if i do want to scale it i do sort of have to prepare for that growth ahead of time versus yeah. sort of being reactive to business picking up and all of a sudden i don't have a game plan yeah that kind of work yeah I think that's a path so many event planners follow. It's like, this is a hobby, then it suddenly turns into a business. And that's okay. Before I know it, it's like, oh, there's a legit business. And I think there's an interesting time where either business like drops off yep. and so you're like, shoot, I better kick this into, I better figure out what I'm doing. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's that's just, that is exactly. 
Like, you know, we know what the lulls are in the industry. And I would even say the lulls differ. If you're in the, if you're in, for example, like fashion, you're doing those types of events, your lulls are different from someone who's doing corporate planning or fundraisers yeah. that primarily works in the, in the nonprofit world. So, you know, and another thing I find is you have to be buoyant. Like, I think, you know, and that's just in life in general. If you have a particular business, like I had set out to have what I thought was going to be an event production company, because that's the work I was getting. However, from just, you know, task forcing and doing sales for such a long time, I also liked that part of the business. And so I felt like, okay, maybe there can be some consult consultancy uh, portion to my business where uh, through hospitality consulting and working with businesses and helping them grow and sustain that growth um, over time could be another aspect of the business. So now I became this company that sort of had this dual purpose. I could sort of be an event production, production company I could also obviously design and, and do all of those things because of my experience working in raw space. And then on the other end, I can also do hospitality consulting and had had really good success with a few clients who were looking to either formalize their sales program or, um, you know, come up with some sort of operations plan once contracts were, were assigned. What happens next? How is it executed to make sure that this client comes back? And I really enjoyed that work equally. So as time went on, I it's almost like, you, you feel like you have two children. You don't want to love one more than the other. Um, but then once you start to really detach, and obviously that's such a personal attachment, right, of comparing this to your child, you sort of sometimes as a business owner have to detach. That sort of bond to your business is not always good because you do have to make decisions sometimes uh, that's in the middle. Like from a psychology perspective, there's a super emotional on the left, right, and super rational on the left, you wanna be somewhere in between where you're making really big business decisions. So I kind of decided over time that I wanted to listen to what really felt more impactful to me. How impactful am I as an event producer versus a consultant that can come in as a creative director and really be able to show you a 20%, 30% increase in your revenue as a result of working with me. That to me felt like that was a really kind of sole decision that kind of needed to be made. And that feels good. Once it does. <laughs> and that's the thing. I think change is scary. But again, if you're buoyant and you just know, you know, to sort of trust your gut and, and do the homework, do the work and really look for industry trends and, and, and look at your numbers also. I think that's the part that business owners realize your numbers are at your fingertips. All the contracts that have come in, all the different types of clients you've had over time, that data is at your fingertips. You can always sort of through a CRM, analyze a lot of that and figure out What's your business telling you? What are your numbers telling you? So that's one of the things that has very much impressed me about you. I think that's the logistical brain of owners. Planners. Yeah. You really take it to another level. And, and I've seen you do like sales and marketing plans. And you're like, so there's a starting point over here. And then there's three different emails that can go out. And from those emails, it will go to this landing page. And so I want to be prepared for it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that part for event planners, even if you're not like a marketing person or a sales yeah. person, that part feels comfortable. I think yeah. it feels comfortable to me. And also I just kind of feel like, and I learned this recently, just, you know, studying marketing and again, things that I didn't necessarily go to school for, but as a business owner had to really hone in on it and understand. And even if you hire consultants and even if you hire people to do that, that part of your business for you, you should have some basic understanding of what's happening because you have to be able to say, these are the key performance indicators that tell me this consultant is doing a good job, but you have to know what that is. The consultant can't be the one to tell you that, obviously they're being paid. To do the <laughs> job. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I love numbers. I'm kind of a nerd. I love spreadsheets. Um, and so what I learned through marketing is, you know, one marketing list, for example, let's say you segment in your database between clients, colleagues, friends and family, et cetera. One list is sort of the, the gift that keeps on giving in the sense that there are sort of really slow and purposeful email campaigns that you can do to one list. And based on behavior and response from each of those individual emails, that can then branch off to a bunch of other different offers, whether it's a free consultation or whether it's, you know, if you're a planner, I'm a planner, I'll do a walkthrough with you and sort of be the, the eye, the additional eye that you need at no cost to you. And then if you feel like there's a relationship there, maybe we can then work on an event together. Um, and you never want to give something away for free for no reason or to someone that you haven't qualified as a particular target. A client for you. So that sort of email campaigning to me, I like the slow burn of an email campaign because I kind of get to watch, you know, who's clicking on what. And usually there are different um, patches to the email that will click to a certain uh, page, for example, of my website, which can tell me and gauge what exactly are you interested in. Um, and that stuff also, like you kind of have to track that. So spreadsheets are very helpful. Yeah. So let's assume that there's a person watching who knows. Mm -hmm who is an event planner, they love what they do, They but they're in a little bit of a rut right now. Okay. They're bringing in a lot of clients. Yeah. They're not sure what their marketing message really even is. They don't necessarily have a marketing plan. What's a good place to start in terms of like, knowing how to position yourself and drumming up a little bit of business? Yeah, the best place to start is to start over. Like, <laughs> like that's honestly, if you hit a wall and you hit a lull, it's really hard to now backstep and really track where you've gone wrong. Because if you're like every other small business owner, you're not tracking this stuff along the way. Your CRM is probably not accurate. Your CRM probably doesn't have one. Yeah, like your QuickBooks or your P&Ls. Like, so to be able to just backstep slightly to figure out what's gone wrong, I think is really a waste of time because it's gonna take you time to backstep anyway. What I always tell people is if you have had a wall and your business either is no longer growing where you're still paying your bills, but it's completely stagnant or revenue has even declined where you're kind of like hearing crickets and you're not really sure yeah. what's next. Do a gut check, start from scratch. Like what do you do? How do you do it? And how are you different from your competitors? Start with those three basic questions. And if you know, most people will sort of give the, uh, what's the word PR answer yeah. of like, this is my mission statement. This is just an exercise that's internal, like really, really get granular um, and be honest about it. And maybe your question is, I don't know. It's, and usually that's what I get to the third question. Um, what do you do? That's usually, you know, easy. They can tell you exactly what they do. How do you do it? Sometimes people are a little stumped. If the owner of the company is not really involved in operations or how things get executed, they might not be able to answer that question, which sometimes is a good place to start. Um, and then the third question, how are you different from your competitor? Nine times out of 10, people always get stumped with that one. And partly because most people just don't do a competitive research and analysis at the very least once a year. And that is so important to your yeah. business. So people don't even know who their competitors are, <laughs> let alone what they're doing. Or care. Most people are like, I'm so good. I'm so good at what I do. I have a good you know, amount of clients. I don't really need to know about my competitors. Well, if you feel you've hit a wall, that's a good place to start. Yeah. And yeah. you know, another question that I like to add into that is what are you, love doing what are you passionate about because i think so many people and we were just talking about this on another call this morning yeah just because you can do something doesn't you mean want to. 
And, you know, um, I was talking to Sheila Fox this morning. She's out of Ohio and she's like, there's a list of stuff on my website yep. that I do. I'm very yep. good at it, but I hate it all. And so I've decided to remove it from my website. Yeah. Some of it is just like aligning your passions with yes. your skills. So yeah. that you actually, because sometimes you just make more money when you're doing stuff you love. I that's mean, right. I think that's so it comes off of every pore you have on your body that you love doing this. And for me, I'm, I'm, I have a good eye for production. That's just naturally what I'm really good at doing. You give me a thousand person conference, I will give you an experience of a lifetime. And that to me is also not just because I can do it all myself. Throughout my experience, I have some really amazing vendors and collaborators yeah. that you know have made me able to really put on an amazing experience for any client that I work with. Now, yes, and I enjoy the sort of fruits of that labor in the sense that seeing this event come to fruition and seeing how amazingly happy the client is, that always feels good. Yeah. Um, but to get there in event production, there's a whole road of <laughs> fixing um, before you get to that point. And so um, for me, that sort of business over time is going to wear on me and I know that. Um, what I enjoy most is consulting. What I, what I really love, it's almost feeling like you're an employee at a, at a different business every day. And, and what I love about that is people's businesses are just as unique as their problems and their problems should are just as unique as what their solutions should be. And, and the ability to really go in and sort of deep dive into a floral company that wants to go into event production because they get asked that so many times by their um, bridal clients and teaching them that part of their business that is rewarding. And the reason I can do that is because of my event production experience right. in knowing, you know, how complex these events could be and sort of making sure from an operational standpoint, this floral company can sort of brand itself and market itself now as floral design and event production. Um, that yeah. that's that I love that. I really love doing that work. Yeah. A lot of times the experiences that we've had that lead us to the rut are exactly the experiences we need when we pivot and go somewhere we're much happier with. Sure. You know, you can't necessarily get there by just jumping to that point when you start your business. Yeah. And you know what? I always feel like, well, consultants, first of all, I think get a bad rap. And because, you know, I've, as a business owner, have hired my fair share of consultants that, again, I'm saying to you, you should know at the very basic what your KPIs are for any consultant because you can't rely on that consultant to tell you that they're doing a good job because they're going to play. They're going to tell you they're doing a good job. They love um, their work. <laughs> and so it's really important, first of all, that when you hire a consultant that you really understand, okay, 30 days in, a month into our contract, what is, what is success supposed to look like? 90 days, what is success supposed to look like? And so, and that could not necessarily be in understanding what that person does, but if you're hiring them, what's the problem you want them to solve? So how much of the problem is solved 30 days in, right? So you don't have to be this expert in what you're hiring. Um, and secondly, don't wait until it's too late to ask for help because then you're really setting the person up. At that point, your, your revenue is probably really low. So you don't have the kind of budget to really be able to bring in a full team um, to sort of crisis manage and get you out of the hole that you're in. Um, so I would definitely say part of really, again, being a, a successful business owner is not knowing it all, but it's knowing when to ask for help and what kind of help to ask for. Um, and there are people like you, Liz, honestly, who put out so much, so many resources that it's not a decision that you have to make alone. Um, and in the events industry, I think sometimes we get a bad rep for not being, um, sharing or you know uh, sharing our resources but i don't know i've been lucky i haven't i haven't felt that 
from anyone. Any other event planner, or other event production company, or other hospitality consult consulting company I've come across, and I'm like, hey, do you know someone that I can hire for X Y Z? Like, yeah, my graphic designer is amazing. Here's a contact. Yeah, so, yeah. The is getting much more open. I think that's like an out, or at least that's what I'm really happy about that. By the way, yeah, yeah it wasn't that way when I first, you know, was working in the in in industry for a long time. You know, planner we did not share and we were very skeptical when we were hired as a planner on a huge event but there were other planning teams also involved it wasn't pretty yeah <laughs> it becomes very like territorial and my gosh yeah i'm really happy that that's that's no longer the case so when you're looking at your career and yeah. where you want to be in the future what are you most excited about right now um i would definitely say that uh my dream has always been to again because i love sort of being in different environments um daily almost i would definitely love to uh work with different event businesses from a consulting standpoint but i'd also love to sort of have almost like a conglomerate of different event businesses that all sort of feed business to each other because i think again my love for just strategy planning is being able to see the bigger picture and a lot of times when i work with a floral design company and a cake baking company and an event production company i almost see how together the three of these companies could really sort of hone in on a very big piece of the market. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't always force your clients to do what you say. Um, and so outside right. of the scope of work of what they've hired you for, I mean, they may not really see the big plan or, or they may not necessarily agree with your, with your strategy plan. And so I think for me, what I look forward to most is eventually being able to really um, sort of own a good chunk of, the events industry in the sense that I'm able to offer uh, different services within my expertise, um, but that's buoyant where the business model can sort of shift and, and adjust to whatever the industry demands may be. Yeah, and that Nath is watching and she wrote delegate, 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 which is oh so true. And partnerships, I think are it's the future so of our business. I mean, definitely in this industry, you see like one humongous company, Marriott or others <laughs> who are buying yep. tons of other, I don't necessarily think that's the best way forward, mm -hmm. but definitely from a partnership standpoint, and I've been working with a lot of other independent planners and I have an expertise and they have a different expertise. And it's like, why don't we work together and offer this package solution to our clients? That's right. We know that you're working with people that you can trust. We know that, you know, the deliverables are going to get met yep. and it's a great way to grow your business. Exactly. And I think I learned that working in the hotel industry, actually. So we used to do, um, our competitive research analysis, given our competitive set, the executive team would tell you who your competitive set was. And then one day I was like, why don't we just like, we just opened a new restaurant. We're doing a friends and family. We're, we're inviting people to come and eat for free to test out the restaurant concept. Why don't we invite our competitors? Like, what do we have to lose? And at the end of the day, when we get a client that says, hey, sorry, I've booked elsewhere. I've booked your competitor. And you're like, oh, would you mind letting me know just so that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes when the client does tell you, you're gonna lose that business to them anyway. And so not all your competitors wanna be your friends, it's true. Um, but those who do, I feel like it's just, the pie is big enough. Like I've always said this, the pie is big enough. It doesn't matter if you do exactly what someone else does. There's going to be a point in time where the date is not available or their guest size is too small or the, your, your other planner's not in town and you're going to get that call, hey, I've got this client, would you mind? And by the way, guys, 10% referral commission is industry standard. And certainly if you, it's like tip, if you wanna give more, great. If somebody refers a piece of business to you, don't wait for them to ask you for the commission. 
the assumption should just be, unless you have that kind of relationship and you know that the person's not expecting that, um, if, if a planner or a competitor is nice enough to refer you a piece, a piece of business, just assume there's a 10%. Let them say no thank you. Um, because I kind of think there's a minimum, just respect and reverence for people within the industry. If they're willing to share business with you, that's huge. So I would just say always factor in that 10% commission. And, and again, being able to give away the client you wouldn't have been able to take in anyway and still monetizing from that, that's an additional source of revenue for your business. Yeah, if we don't hold our clients like they are ours and no one can touch them and then it, it, the possibilities are a lot wider. Yeah, and the client nowadays, guys, it's just nobody has that kind of loyalty. It's not like that. Clients are not like that. They have no qualms calling the venue down the street if you don't get back to them fast enough, even if they've booked with you seven times in the past. Yeah. makes no difference to them. That's now, just you know are clearly a total rock star, <laughs> which I've known. Actually, the first time I ever met Christina, quick story, she probably doesn't even know this, was at an NYU meeting about the master's program. Yes. I was sitting around a table. This was the first time, at least, I knew I had met you through Texty Talk, but this was yeah. the first time I like, saw so you. Yeah, sat together. Yeah. 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 Now, for those of you who know me, I was like silent in the meeting, didn't want to say anything. I can't talk to other human beings unless it's on video chat that I pre-scheduled. <laughs> and Christina is like, like talking, sharing all these very smart insights. And that's when I knew how smart you were, but oh, then wow. got the opportunity to work together, thankfully. That's very sweet of you. If other people want to continue learning from you, yeah. whether they want to pick your brain or obviously if they want to hire you or something, how do they contact you? Well, I, I'm going to be running a few series of free workshops throughout the summer. Um, and I really want to hear from you guys. I, I think I have an idea just from working with a couple clients, what their um, sort of obstacles are right now. Um, what I like to always ask people is what's your, what's your definition of success? And let's keep that really small. Like for the month of May, May 1st is tomorrow. What does May look like for you? What do you need to accomplish in May? Is there a vacation you want to take this summer? And May would be a good time to start saving for that. Whatever it is, what is your definition of, of success and what are the obstacles um, that are currently in your way, either personally or for a business that won't allow you to get there? Um, and those are the conversations that I want to sort of base these workshops on. Um, so go to www.wallaeventsolutions.com and in the contact us page, just leave me a note there um, with a little bit of information. If you are interested in attending these workshops and wanna get on um, a mailer list, you can also sign up on that page. Um, I've got currently a few uh, email newsletters that I send with a ton of free resources. I mean, you know, checklists and uh, different workshops that are offered around the city. It's crazy how people don't understand like the, you know, Manhattan Chamber of Commerce or whatever, they have these amazing resources and free events um, that business owners and sales managers can go to, which are great. Um, so yeah, just go on the website. There's a couple of resources there. And like I said, look out this summer, I'll be doing a couple of workshops. Um, and if there's any, obviously anything that I can sort of meet with any business owner um, and chat on one-on-one, -on -one, I'm happy to do so as well. Thank you so much. And is there anything that you have as a need that you would like to learn more about? Or Because obviously we like to see the attention go towards you, but of course you need assistance, I'm sure, on something as well that other people sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I am hosting an event on March 23rd, sorry, March, May 23rd, Thursday, May 23rd, um, at the Tuscany St. Giles Hotel. It's for the bridal industry. So if anyone has recently gotten engaged or even has a wedding that's coming up, um, I would encourage you to attend. The event is free, um, and there's gonna be a couple of vendors there that I think would be worth your while to meet, um, and there's hors d'oeuvres and an open bar. 
So at the very least, I mean, there's there's a good time uh, waiting for you. Um, yeah. And then that's about it. So anything else that's coming up, you'll find on my website. But May 23rd, if anyone's getting married, I'd love to have you as a guest. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you to thank all you. of you who are watching live and who I know will watch this afterwards. Um, Christina, if you could put those contact information in the thread on Facebook, that would be yeah. awesome so that people can just click and find you. I also highly recommend you join Event Hustlers group on Facebook, which is a private group. If you're in the events industry, you just fill out your info and it's a free community. Um, and we will be doing these every Tuesday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern moving forward. Um, so I look forward to seeing all of you on the next episode. And again, thank you, Christina, so much for your thank time. You and all the I love you so much. I really appreciate your time. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye.